0: This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Teaching Minister Tim Peace will be teaching the message. My name is Tim Peace. I'm the Teaching Minister here at Mount Carmel Christian Church, and I have the uh, privilege and opportunity this week to uh, bring the message as we continue on in this series that we're calling Seven Things Kids Need to Hear, and uh, as I was thinking about this this uh, particular topic we're gonna talk about today, I I couldn't help but think of the fact that uh, we've been in this quarantine state for quite a while now. Um, it actually sometimes feels like we're in another galaxy in the year thirty twenty three, but in fact we're just at the beginning of May in twenty twenty. So you know who knows. But anyway, uh, you know. So as I've been thinking about this time. Um, something funny popped in my head, and that is that uh, my son, Leonidas, who uh, will be turning 10 months pretty soon here, decided that the beginning of this quarantine period, in fact, the first week after the Ohio stay-at-home order went in place, decided that was a good time to start crawling. And you know, there's a silver lining to things in life and, and Angie and I have thought time and again how uh, wonderful it was. You know, we both work and we have a, a wonderful friend that that watches him during the week. Um, shout out, Elise. <laughs> but uh, we we uh, we were thinking about this and the fact that since he started to crawl during this time, we got to be here to see it. But the funny thing about Leonidas starting to crawl at that time is since Angie and I both work, we're both working from home, and we're having to adjust a little bit about uh, our to uh, Leonidas's adventurous spirit. He likes to crawl around everywhere and get into anything and everything that he can find, and it's it's kind of amazing. He, uh, you know, he'll lock his eyes on something, get a big smile on his face, and then just go. And he is faster than I am, which isn't surprising because I'm not exactly athletically inclined, but uh, it sure does make for some interesting scenarios. Nevertheless, uh, so you know, I've been contemplating about Leonidas uh, going and, and crawling into things, and it it has established a a word in my vocabulary that is pretty common. But one, I don't think I've said as much as I've said recently. And that word is no. <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, you don't realize, you know, you just don't say it that often. And I've never been a good at saying no anyway. Uh, you know, I I tend to like guilt myself into doing things and say yes to things. and And so I'm learning the word no myself in this process. But, you know, he's at this stage where he's crawling around, he's getting into things and he can maybe kind of tell tone and and he's picking up on our language but um i'm trying to establish that when i say no he shouldn't you know touch the electrical outlet or get into the dog water bowl or get into the dog food or um you know put his fingers inside of a vent. all sorts of different wonderful things and so this whole experience has kept us on our toes and and it just got me thinking about you know as we go through seven things kids need to hear you know, this idea of no. And when we think about no and we think about, you know, discipline in general, um, and let me tell you, as a a father of a soon-to-be-10-month-old, I am definitely the best person in the world to be giving parental advice. I'm just kidding. I'm not giving advice at all. We're just going to talk about what scripture has to say because, really, this isn't about being a good, gruff disciplinarian or shaming people that do things a different way. Instead, this is looking at what is the why behind, no, what is the why behind discipline from God's perspective? And that got me thinking about something that uh, Didi mentioned last week. He, he brought up the letter of James and a passage or a verse from there talking about wisdom. And I want to read this uh, section, this larger section uh, to the verse that was shared last week, because I think it has some... Uh, wonderful wisdom about the way God operates and the way God cares for and loves us. And this is what James says in chapter 1 verses 2 through 8. He says, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord." Now, there's something interesting here. You know, our English translations like to use this word doubt in that passage I just read. And really uh, what we're dealing with is someone that's got a flip-flopping mentality. You know, one minute they say they want something and the next minute they don't. And they go back and forth. This isn't really about having doubts in life or occasionally having uh, faith doubts. Um, This is not a chastisement of that. This is more someone that one minute says that they want this wisdom that God has on offer, and the next minute they they don't really. And uh, God doesn't like to uh, force things upon us that we don't want, and he's not going to give wisdom to the person that's kind of flip-flopping on this. So just to get that out of the way there. But more importantly here, when we're talking about God's wisdom and we're talking about God's purpose for us, I think it's interesting here that right out of the gate in the letter of James, in a section where God encourages his believers to seek wisdom, it also brings up the idea that we face trials in life and God can use those trials that we face in life to help us grow into maturity. In fact, in the Gospel of John, Jesus talks to his disciples and tells them to remain connected to the vine. And he says that when you do that, uh, your faith will mature, and it will do so by the pruning that happens, uh, like the pruning of a plant, uh, you know, in, in order to help it flourish. And so the idea in Scripture, when it comes to maturing in faith, growing in our relationship with God, is that sometimes in life we will go through uncomfortable moments, trials, situations, But while those situations and those circumstances don't always feel great, and most of us don't want to stay stuck in them, God uses them to help us to grow in faith. Because God's love for us is more focused on the long game and not the short game or the short moments of life. And so while we may have a little bit of pain and a little bit of suffering and a little bit of negative circumstances now, God's got the big picture in mind for our lives and wants what's best for us, and that's to grow. And so when we think about the wisdom from James' perspective and our lives, God's desire for us is to grow in maturity and faith. And furthermore, when it comes to children, that's God's desire for children. And there are many ways to show love, and we've been talking about those in the first three weeks of this message, and we'll continue to talk about them. But one of those ways is in this idea of occasionally having to say no. You know, the reality is if I think about my son crawling and getting into something that's gonna harm him, I'd rather say no and get his attention unlocked from that thing and get him to turn away so that he doesn't harm himself. I've got the long-term game in mind. Now, he may be upset that I stopped him from getting into something that could harm him, But in the long run, he's better for it. And you know, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say on this matter. And I just wanted to run through a few verses here that talk about this concept of uh, godly wisdom and helping children grow in faith uh, and and this idea of discipline being a part of that process and a part of that love language. Um, The first thing is, is that uh, right out of the gate in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, Uh, the the author says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the whole deal here is that God's desire for us is to come to him, to revere him, to love him, to worship him, to adore him. Uh, People that don't want the kind of life that God desires for us they're unfortunately in this foolish category, and when they don't want that, they're going to despise the wisdom and instruction that God wants for us in life. And it's with that backdrop, um, and we can't lose sight of that, by the way. That, that backdrop is so important because when we talk about uh, matters of, of discipline with children uh, especially, uh, it's easy to lock in on um, the, the practical application and start getting into the do's and don'ts. But really, our goal is to love uh, our children the way God loves us, um, and, and to show that love in all facets of life and in all the ways that are that are uh, meaningful in, in each particular moment. And so when we go on, we go to Proverbs chapter three, verse twelve, and uh, here the writer says that uh, the Lord reproves the one he loves as a father, uh, the delight or as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so here we're getting this picture of God being father uh, to his children that he loves in the same way that an earthly father uh, would reprove their own child because they delight in them and they love them. Again, it's this idea of helping uh, someone we love be on the path toward godliness in the long run. And then we get to Proverbs chapter 13, and there's two verses here. One of them happens to be one that. has been quite popular over the years. And we'll talk about here to land on this. And the first one is uh, verse one in chapter 13. And it says, A wise child loves discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so again, we've got this idea that a child who is wise, someone uh, leaning into God, wanting to be on the pathway uh, toward godliness and growth in faith, loves discipline. The person that doesn't want that stuff doesn't want to listen to any rebuke, anything in that matter. And then finally, we get this verse in Proverbs 13, 24. This says, those who spare the rod hate their children, but those who love them are diligent to discipline them. Now, this is a passage that uh, gets talked about, and it's one of those ones we kind of like to pluck out of scripture. And uh, if you are a a pro-corporal punishment person. Uh, You've got all of your stances on this verse. And if you're one of those people out there that maybe are really suspicious of what the Bible has to say, this might be one of those verses you're plucking out and saying, aha, see, the Bible doesn't have very good wisdom. In fact, this runs counter to the way we think things should be done. But I think the problem here is, is that when we look at this verse, we have a tendency to focus on the first half and not the second half. And the second half really brings into focus what I've been talking about in this entire time, and that is that those who love their children are diligent to discipline them. See, we can get hyper-focused on the rod in a literal sense, or we can think of all manner, manner of discipline being summarized in this terminology for a rod. And there have been debates about what the rod is, and what this means, and what the culture was like, and Honestly, we don't have that much time to go into all that. But the reality of, this, of the matter is, is that people that love their children, people that want to see them grow, people that want to see them flourish, are willing to put boundaries in place. They're willing to say no. They're willing to bring discipline in order to set them on the correct path. And why do we do those? Again, is it because we want to be able to be the tough parents that can say, well, I've got things figured out and my kids all stay? No, it's not. It's because you love your children the way God loves you. And in the same way, you recognize that God wants to bring about maturity in your life. You want to bring about maturity in your your child's life. And so you bring discipline in. And so if there's one thing I want us to remember as we continue on in this series and we consider the fourth of the seven things to tell our kids, it's this word, no. And here's the way I want us to remember that. How can we expect our children to to grow if we can't tell them no? How can we expect our children to grow if we can't tell them no? You know, if I think back to my life uh whether it is uh, moments where maybe you know as a as a perpetual student, I've written a paper, I've written a chapter in my in my dissertation work, and I thought it was really, really good or. I thought I really had accomplished something, and I get it back, and my mentor figure says, no, this actually wasn't hitting the mark, and let me show you the ways. It hurts. I would rather have gotten it right the first time. I would have rather have not had to hear those uh, maybe negative remarks back. But in hindsight, it was that challenge, it was that uh, pushing me and keeping me on the path to to get better that has helped me along the way to improve. And so, you know, I think if we get inside of that mindset where we start to think about the fact that God uses difficult circumstances, God uses moments where we face trial, God uses the occasional no in our lives to help us to grow closer to him and to grow on the right path to maturity to him, and then we think about our own children, whether they be children uh, that you parent or whether they be the spiritual children in our lives, because we're all called to make disciples. If we truly, truly love the way God does, then as much as we don't like it and as much as it's difficult, one of the seven things that we should tell our kids is no, because we love them and because we want them to be on the right path to growth and maturity. How can we help our kids grow if we can't tell them now? You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.